and welcome to the Glacier Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, and swearing. I am Nick of Glacier Musical, joined by my good friend, a man who's been on vacation, who's been around the country, who's seen a coast and a Midwest coast, who's brought back things that he's loved and will love forever. Keefy Knickknacks. How we doing today, buddy? <laughs> Keefy Knickknacks. Well, my last name is literally Chopkies. Um, I'm yeah, awesome. no, I'm not doing that. That's easy. I haven't been on vacation, but I am awesome. Thank you very much. How are you? All right, tripping, tripping, whatever. How you want to do it? Yep. All right. Thank you for joining us this week. As you know, here's how we do: we do a greeting, beer check, vinyl check, shirt check, news check, meat. The meat of the episode this week is we are thankfully joined by an amazing band from Wausau, Wisconsin. Uh, I can only name three cities in Wisconsin, and this is not one of them. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, but we are joined by uh, 20 Watt Tombstone this week, which is an amazing band whom I have loved for a number of years, but we're not there yet. First, of course, is the beer check. My beer check this week is Mother's Brewing, Mother's Little Helper. Into the 16 ounce pint glass. Oh, you can't see. I didn't Finger hear a fudge pour. Oh, you I didn't hear the pop? Hear, I didn't hear the pop, sir, but it huh. could be my my situation is wonky this week. Hang on, hang on. Let me try again. <laughs> this is what happened last time when you had too much too soon. Uh, look, I'm already on whiskey. I had a sore throat, so I had to get some rye whiskey down the throat to mm. feel better. And uh, whatever, I don't care. Pretty soon after... One, hey, look, when I finish <clears> this, I'm going over to watch the Sopranos movie because I haven't seen it. And I figured oh. I was going to watch Wrexham, the Rex. That's actually why I watched the sopranos it was because i wanted to watch the movie oh that's weird uh the show is much better but i enjoyed I... the movie unlike most people. ray Liotta's in the movie it's his next to last or third to last movie i know so, cocaine yeah. bears is last so no, I... there's one more there's is one there? more he was shooting when he died that's gonna uh, get finished i have I, I i've got a super crush on ray Liotta. i'll say, I say uh, me it. too i said it uh okay so <laughs> What's as far back check? as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I am drinking a beer I've never had before. Just, just going to say, damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. I am going to drink a beer I have never had before. This is Dial M for Mullet West Coast <laughs> Lager. Look at this can. This can is glorious. Look at that this is That is the greatest. That, that, did I ever tell you about the El Camino I saw going home from work one day? No. Oh, great. Real quick story. 10 seconds. So I'm leaving the office. I gotta go pick up the wife. Take. Oh, I heard it. Nice. Going home, pick up the wife, take her home. She's sick, right? I'm in the car, getting ready to turn on to St. Charles Rock Road, and I hear this amazing 80s, 70s music. And I'm like, come on, dude, turn it down. Turn it down. Nobody wants to hear Boston. Nobody wants to hear bad company. Turn this crap down. I look over my, my left shoulder. And I see the sweetest goddamn Caprice Classic mullet. I'm sorry, Caprice Classic El Camino I've ever seen. The dude driving it. This is in August. Wearing no shirt. With the sweetest ass dirty blonde mullet I've ever seen. And I looked at that and I went, you know what? Don't turn it down. In fact, sir, turn it up. Turn it up. It is the chaser. We need to quickly explain the finger fudge pour, sir. The finger fudge pour. If you take your beer, I'm going to use a jar to demonstrate and pour this directly down the middle. Don't pull the tilty. 
embrace the head because what the head gives you is pleasure because it doesn't give you any burping what it does yeah, is gas goes in the air and not in your belly look at that look at that i mean the head is perfect now it's not it's not the best looking beer like the beers you're used to getting served in bars i get it it and takes a minute and by the way, the reason that beers are served that way in bars so you don't get a foam, because you know you don't want to drink the foam, you don't want a beer that's all foam. You want beer. So when you get you tilt the glass, you get more beer. You the appearance of more beer, but it's not the beer you want in your body. Anyway, that's the finger fudge pour. Blame bartender TikTok. That's where I learned it. Somebody else validated it recently. A friend of a friend. Well, Just think saying. about this for a minute. Why do you think they created these pour from the bottom taps? It's so that the the gas dissipates as it goes up. Anywho, vinyl check. Notice anything different about me this week? Uh, beside the hat, not really. Notice anything different about me this week? You don't have a mustache and a beard. The goddamn hat! Oh, what's the hat, sir? I don't understand. You will in a minute. Okay. My vinyl check this week was purchased at... My child, my daughter, the love of my life, her favorite record store, which is Planet Score Records in Maplewood, which is between the Aldi's and the Schnooks, which is great for having an excuse to go there. You got to go to the Schnooks to polish off the grocery shopping. That's our local chain. Schnooks is our local chain. And I learned a lesson from the child today while we were in line at Aldi's. Do not get teary at Aldi's. You never, never get teary in Aldi's. Get teary outside. It's okay outside. Uh, finished uh, Ted Lasso last night, season three, and I got teary in the lines. So she's like, no, no. Oh, no. gosh. Okay. Uh, anyway, so my vinyl check this week. I got a one for obituary. Slowly we rocked. Live and rotting edition. Eh? Get it now? <laughs> Orange hat. They're hunters. I don't get it. Okay, I guess that's a very loose. I don't understand the the reference, the hat reference at all. Like, what is the hat referencing uh, besides it's the orange, orange and hunting? It's just orange. It's hunter orange. That's the Denver hunter Broncos. Orange. Uh, I've really? asked my wife to buy me like you know sporting hats, but she can find them. And I like my sporting hats to be as ridiculous as possible. This is just the fugliest hat I've ever owned. I mean, it's 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 just genuinely hideous. Uh, that is that's for... recent. That release is recent, right? They did the live stream. Oh, she got it at Goodwill for four dollars. That's insane. That's a relatively new record. Wait, no, the record was twenty bucks. The hat oh. was four dollars. Oh, sorry. Okay. Were we talking about the record or the hat? I meant the record, but okay. <laughs> uh, the record Ooh. is Slime Green. Their latest record was actually Hunter Orange, like the hat. So. <clears throat> That is what I got this week. Came across it at 20 bucks. I didn't have it yet and I don't have slowly we rot. You know what? You're not you're you drop an old school death metal record I don't have for 20 bucks or less. You're getting my 20 bucks or less. I I'm definitely thinking after the Cannibal series already about the next death metal band series and Obituary could be it. We'll talk could about be. it. Could be. Could be. What's your record check this week? So Really quick, I just came back from Chicago, literally last night, uh, where I was for the last week. My journey is over. I'm back home in San Francisco. 
and uh, I only got, I had like six record stores on my list. I went to one record store that's supposed to have a speakeasy in the back. They were closed on Monday. I ran out of time. I don't to go think to you need to stores. have speakeasies now. I think you can just have a bar. Well, it's like a whole thing. It's a secret door and a secret club and a, and then you spin record. They spin records in the club. And it's also a, a record store. pretend speakeasy? That's, that's lame. In Wicker Park. I said it. I said Chicago. It. Anyway. I saw them stocking this in the shelf, and then I was like, "Oh, I want, I need that record." Literally, I went to Reckless Records. There are many in the. Chain I have been to Reckless. That is the one I went. I went downtown to, on a trip. I went to the one trip. downtown as well. Uh, shout out to Nathan who worked at the counter and helped me and gave me some more advice about Chicago things. But anyway, they had the the, uh, the like the the plywood <clears throat> the plywood colored wooden. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember I came across a bunch of records I had reviewed before I was into vinyl, and I, I couldn't believe it, but I had already bought, that's back when, you know, my, my record budget was very low. It was so low, my wife was like, you bought one last month, do you need another yeah, one? It was that I low. really did not need to buy any more records on this trip. I, all the records that I traveled with and bought while I was back east are back east. They stayed there, they're going to come back to me eventually, and then I went to the record store and bought some more records, I don't. I needed. I needed them. So you needed the to buy check. more. You should have brought them home. I said it. You said it. All right. So this is a record you may or may not be familiar with, but this is the Project Lovage, a side project of Mike Patton of Faith No More and Mr. Bungle, who I just saw, and they were incredible. And this is the one record by Lovage. Nathaniel Merriweather presents as this character he created. Lovage, music to make love to your old lady by... So this is sort of like twisted. Was that a gun? He has got a yes. It's a gun and roses and a cigarette he's smoking. That is the and, most nineteen uh, sixties Texas thing I've ever seen. This even look at the back artwork is meant to evoke the nineteen sixties records, right? Nailed it, nailed it. So this is a re, a new pressing on a limited edition colored vinyl, and I'm gonna just whip it out and show it to you quickly. Um. Again, the fabulous retro artwork, the back. Uh, this is on two vinyls. I'm only going to pull out the one to show, show and tell, cash and prizes. And this is a gorgeous 1960s turquoise. Oh, that is a, you know what? No, 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 no. That is not what that is. That is 1957 Chevy Bel Air Blue. Maybe. I just saw one last week at a car show, so. I am not a car guy. Like, I am that's not my either. vinyl check. My I am not a car guy, however, my wife is. I think we didn't cheers. Cheers. Did we cheer? Oh my god, cheers. Cheers, cheers. See? Okay. Uh real let's run through the news real quick because guesting should be guesting on the soon. Uh quick news for me. Speak to me slash breathe from Dark Side of the Moon Acid Reflux Edition by Roger Waters has been released. I did. Did you hear that? You didn't. You didn't even. I heard you. I muted myself. Okay. I just need to know that I'm funny. Anyway, the acid reflux edition of Dark Side of the Moon. Yes, be break, spreathe, break to me. Whatever. I don't care at this point. I care so little about this record at this point. I did not even listen to it till I got tired of it. I was tired of these songs before I listened to it. Moving on in the Pink Floyd vein. Holly Sampson, wife of David Gilmour, has confirmed recently she is presently working on lyrics for a new David Gilmour record. 
I look forward to that. Back to Roger in an in a project a project a Roger project a project that I can get behind. The bar is set to be released in early 2024. Which is new music, not him re-recording music that was perfection to begin with, like Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, Acid Reflux. Last bit of news I have. The man, the myth, the legend, the troubled gentleman from Samson, later Iron Maiden, Bruce Dickinson is teaming up once again with Rory Z for a solo record, which is early 2024. And that is going to be called the Magnate something or other. I don't know. Mandrake. The Mandrake Effect. Interested because I love... This is the same crew that made Tyranny of Souls, which I absolutely loved. That's right. Fair enough. I, um... You know, not a bad time for Bruce to have a solo record. There's supposed to be another Maiden announcement right after that Power Trip tour. I suspect it's going to be the Maiden tour for 2023 for Sinjutsu. I will give you two quick news items. Uh, pursuant to our just-finished series on Cannibal Corpse, link in the description, link above, uh, an interview took place with Alex Webster where he was asked if Cannibal Corpse would ever tour with Six Feet Under. What do you think his answer to that was? Ooh, God, I want to hear hell yeah, <clears throat> but I'm going to assume no. Hell no. Like, yeah, not even yeah. fathomable. It they would have be like no contact with him except their lawyers since he's been the, out of the band. The likelihood of that happening is a Roger David tour or a Kiss Ace Fraley or a Paul Stanley Ace Fraley tour, which really Paul Stanley and Ace Fraley should both stop touring, but that's besides the point. Fair enough. Um, and then I guess my other news piece, I'll just give a quick one minute recap of my time in Chicago and Riot Fest. Hit it. Um, have been to Chicago before, but didn't really make time to do touristy things. Um, met the lady friend. Uh, came in the night early. Met the lady friend. Went bar hopping. Had my first ever Wrigleyville Shy Dog. Unbelievable. So good I had to go back after hours of drinking and have another. That's how good it was. Maybe the best meat I've ever had in my mouth ever. When are you um, coming to St. Louis soon? <clears throat> we'll have to debate. Um... Riot Fest was awesome. Part of Sunday got rained out, and they canceled the first two hours of bands, including Empire State Bastard, who I did not That get reminds to see. me, I've got a bit more to throw out. Okay. Um, Riot Fest was amazing. It's very eclectic. Foo uh, Fighters closed Friday. Uh, in terms of a festival to cover it or go to it, it was a 10 of 10, except for one thing. Maybe two, two things. The food was subpar, considering it was Chicago. And At the concert, I don't think you can even discuss that. I don't think that's fair. Okay. Um, it was lame food options. Uh, I did have a very good corn dog, but it shouldn't really be fair food at Riot Fest in Chicago with a tipster quotient. And only one vegetarian or vegan option, really not good. But uh, the other real major quibble is there's no real way to get out of, if you know Chicago, Douglas with two S's Park. There's no way to get out of there. So I stayed till the end on Friday to see Foo Fighters, and then it took me two and a half hours to go, half an hour to get out of there. Plus, it was Mexican Independence Day parade celebration weekend, which is just insane to have this massive festival the same weekend as this thing. Um, 
400,000 people taking over the city to celebrate their heritage. Awesome, amazing, great, but not after a festival of 75,000 people gets out. Really difficult. Is that, a, is that the same park where they do Lollapalooza? Hoosier? Hoosier is at Grant Park, closer to downtown, into downtown. I have, Douglas Park I have is out driven of past that while it was going on. We got to Chicago and went, oh, wow, this is the wrong weekend. Hmm. So, highlights, yeah. highlight, highlights for me for the festival, because of what I do when I go to a festival is I try to see bands I don't know. So I discover a lot of new bands that way. But of course, I saw Foo Fighters and Gorilla Biscuits, which I bragged all about. Quicksand, I did actually, didn't get to interview them, but I bumped into Walt Trifles and Sammy Sigler of Quicksand for a second and hugged them and had a big what's up with them. They were like, what a blast from the past, Keefe. Um Mr. Bungle was flawless, maybe my favorite band of the weekend. A um, bunch of other hardcore and metal bands. Code Orange, incredible. Uh, there's a super group of, of legendary punk bands. Fake Names, featuring members of Bad Religion and Refused. And uh, I caught a little bit of Dresden Dolls. Again, they were clashing with Gorilla Biscuits, who I watched all their set. I did see... Uh, Sleep Token, who is arguably one of the most talked about bands in the world right now. And I got to see them. And um, they started out a little slow because their music's like very ambient. I like to call it Deftones Core. But um, their performance was great. And I, and over the by the end of the performance, they had definitely lived up to the massive hype. So there was some real tremendous uh, artists at this thing. And uh, I'm really glad I went. I definitely would go again. Although, you know, buyer beware on the difficulties escaping and then just to close it out i skipped my colleague who covered the festival with me stayed to cover the cure and i left to go to that danzig tour and in a word that danzig show was stupendous maybe one of the top ones i've ever seen him do i just uh, say go to hell danzig danzig playing all of danzig one half of danzig two and the hits from danzig three flawless stop and making then, me hate you and then Behemoth, Twin Temple, and Midnight all opened and were great. And I went to the Aragon Ballroom for the first time ever. And then last and not least of Chicago, I did go to Mr. Beef, the original, and uh, ordered flawlessly and had an incredible beef dipped sweet with provolone. Amazing. Uh, my suggestion if you're going to get a Chicago uh, Chicago beef is uh portillo's everybody said portillo's is terrible and um apparently has gone down in quality the other place i, I had it last year other place i was told to go was al's mm. i'm happy with but, portillo's um, i will try portillo's another time and that was my trip to chicago i also went to the torture museum i saw my first cubbies game in the rain they won 14 to 1 with the trough <clears throat> With the trough, it's very unsettling. But it we we talk about Yankee that trough Stadium. in Wrigley Field down here in St. Louis way more than we really should. For some reason, we are obsessed by that. Maybe it's because we got a new. We've had two new stadiums since they've gotten the one. I'm sorry, we've had okay. four new stadiums since they got the one. Now that I think about it. Anyway, let's, anyway, let's let's check. do the shirt check and then the guest because we are 20 minutes late because yeah. of me. Barishi. I am wearing my casket robbery coven of souls glow in the dark shirt. That they I'm are coming to now town. Now that I'm home, that I'm now home, I'm able to put a new rotation of clothes together. They are coming to town next month, but according to the lineup I saw, they're only playing 15 minutes. No, that can't be. 
I'm gonna actually verify that with. Them. I'm in the group. For, I'm in this group that this shirt comes from. I literally get off the call with you later and ask Corey and Meg. Okay, that'd be, I I would love to see them, but I'm not gonna go pay for 18 bands to get 15 minutes of them. That's fair. I think that's fair. All right. Anyway, Maybe I'm gonna you can go last, meet them and hang out with them. They would also thing, make a very good guest as a chaser. Agreed. We should do that while they're here. They can come to my house. Because they're playing, two, they're going to be playing two miles from my damn house. Anyway, before we do that, uh, last thing I want to say: Guns and Roses in St. Louis officially canceled as expected. Not rebooked. Not, Not rebooked. They they announced okay. canceled today. So they'll I'll get my you know we'll get our two hundred bucks back in six months or so whatever I learned whatever fuck them. Sorry, man. Yeah, I wish we. I just wish we hadn't bought the damn tickets, honestly, because we bought the tickets a week ahead of time. I mean, like it was not a real long, wasn't a real long time frame. Anyway, let's bring in the guests because we have screwed them over. You can blame me. I'll blame you. I w- oh. I I will fight oh, he you. Might have, he might have disappeared. Oh. Damn it! Did you message him? No. Pause. And we are back. We are joined by someone with a beard that terrifies me, with glasses that amaze me, with a hat that I'm not that fond of, with a guitar tone that rivals that of not Joe Bonamassa, but uh, Freddie the Fourth from Left Lane Cruiser, somebody from way up north in Wisconsin, where my good friend Jamie lives, actually, but I've never been to. We are joined by Tom of 20 Watt Tombstone. How are we doing this evening? And thank you. Thank you for taking some time for us before your tour. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I don't know if anybody told you, but if you are, uh, if you desire or like beer, you are encouraged to drink one on this show. Uh, I no longer drink beer because I drank uh, all of the beer. Oh my God. I, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, it's, uh, it's, it's not a touchy, touchy subject or anything. I just, when COVID happened, um, you know, not being able to tour and stuff, I was sitting home all the time and it just felt weird to sit and drink alone. So I just, uh, got out of the habit, I guess. And then when I could, again, when shows started up, I was just like, just felt weird to drink. So I just kind of gave it up. I can completely understand that, and I think the last time I saw you was, now that I think about it, 2018, I think it was 2018 at the Broadway Athletic Club, right before James Legden and uh, Hooten Holler's Trap Holder went on. Yeah, that would have been, uh, yeah, probably like 2017, 2018, something like that. I don't remember exact dates, I just remember it was the Whiskey War Festival, Mm -hmm. which of course is a... it is was I'm not sure a local festival put on by the Manus Brothers, yeah. and uh, a band I hear word on the street is that you're going to be uh, performing with again in the very near future. Yep. Um, well, those two are good buddies of ours, so we tend to cross paths quite a bit. Like, I was at Dave's wedding, and Jake was up here for for our wedding, but. Yeah, we've we've known them a while, and we did a, I don't even know how many dates that tour was, but we did a really, a really long tour with those two. So they're they're like family. 
I have to say it's it's very rare for somebody to be uh, kind of in bed with, you know, a local band from, you know, my my hometown of St. Louis and then also in bed with one of my favorite bands, Left Lane Cruiser. That is just I mean, to me, that messes me up that you are so connected. I mean, the I, one of the things I have said and I'm, the the blues circuit, especially the, the lo-fi dirty blues circuit is extremely incestuous and everybody's swapping everybody out. The show that I mentioned the last time I, I ran into you, that was James Legg was there and he was performing with Andy of Hooten Hollers. Because it that it for some reason James Leg just as near as I can tell he just cannot stand a drummer, he just cannot <laughs> keep one. He's gone through like fifty, and in fact, uh, Freddie, Freddie from Left Lane did an album with uh, the drummer from Black from uh, Black Time and Heavies even. Yep, James's old band. Their, we played their album release, Van. Yeah, did Van. you really? Yeah. Was that at Rusty Nail? Uh, it was at the. Um, uh, the Brass Rail. Brass Rail. That's the name of the place. Brass Rail, not Rusty Nail. I don't know what Rusty Nail is. I probably made that up. But Sounds I'm like a also... drink, actually. The Rusty Nail. Give me a Rusty Nail. <laughs> Thank you, Keefe. I, I got nothing to for. say. Okay, fair Let, enough. I'll, I'll jump in. I've been jump quiet. So, so Tom and I know each other quite a long time, several years. I'm a massive fan. Uh, we became acquainted. I, I've interviewed the band. Uh, I am the owner of several fine 20-watt pieces of merchandise, and I just came back from my trip back east and uh, the Midwest as well. Sorry I didn't get to see you. I was in Chicago for a week for Riot Fest, but I wore my Reverend Mean Tooth hat everywhere. That is a side project of Tom's, a solo project, if you will, right? Oh, look at you just dropping <clears throat> names. Just dropping names. But, um, you know, for our audience that may not know you, I love that the, the band's self-described genre is death blues but like give us the one minute elevator pitch of what is 20 watt tombstone and who would like the band oh boy um well it's funny you bring up the death blues thing because we have officially ditched that term <laughs> uh i i've always loved the term and i think it speaks uh really well about what we sounded like prior to this new record but um, when we listened to this record recorded, we were just kind of like, yeah, that's not, that's not us anymore. So um, I would say at this point, we're just a rock band, man. It's pretty simple. It's pretty, it's pretty basic. Um, it's just kind of, you know, it's, this is one of those projects that I feel like every record, I want to do something different. Like, I don't want to be the same guy from record to record. And being that we have kind of been able to have this fluidity from record to record, um, you know, it's not changing a ton. It's still us, but it's still different. The first record was really bluesy and rootsy. The second record was more of a stoner rock record. This new record is more, you know, just straight up rock and roll. So I guess I would say, um, you know, anybody who's fans of like Left Lane Cruiser, obviously, like our fan base and theirs are basically the same people. Um, but, uh, you know, now with the newer material, people who are fans of like Rival Sons and Greta Van Fleet and bands like that, more of the uh, 
psychedelic rock, southern rock genre. That's definitely where we're headed on this record. Um, so yeah, just fans of uh, simple rootsy rock and roll, I guess, would be the people who are going to dig us. I don't want to. I, I don't want to spoil anything. I'll let you jump in in a second, pal. Uh, Thank you. I um. I don't want to spoil anything. No spoilers. I have heard the chosen few. It is amazing. I have too, and also and, amazing. And what I will say is, what I sometimes what I hear, and I can pull out specific songs. I hear stuff as heavy and diverse as clutch or corrosion of conformity, or even at times a high on fire. Maybe not quite as heavy. Thank you for naming a like, band I like. But definitely. <laughs> If you don't like Corrosion and Conformity, this partnership in this podcast is over as far as I'm concerned. I don't um, hate them. I don't love them. That's just weird. Okay. Um, you're so weird, Nicholas. Um, Get anyway. that all the time. I'm not crazy. I'll tell, I'll tell you the same thing I tell my wife every day. I'm not crazy. But those are things that I hear in the music as well. And uh, there's definitely there's definitely a couple of instances where I was like, is this like a new clutch song? Because it was like I'm hearing or Red Fang is another one like leaning into their psychedelia, but also that like I love the stoner rocks, psych rock stuff too. So like I you know I feel like there's so many avenues for people to latch onto you, and I agree this is not uh, the same animal as your earlier material. So good call on the on uh, refuting me and the former tag this former self-described tag that's fine now you may go nicholas if you have uh, more to add i i, I don't anymore because that what i wanted to mention was seven minutes ago and uh i mean i mean now it's a callback and, instead of a quip but uh i remember what i wanted to say now you talking about how each album you are moving forward becoming something different that is actually one of my absolute favorite things in the world and I, that was a recent discussion I had. Most of the bands that I really, really love, obviously we're talking about, you know, the A-plus, you know, stadium people, Metallica, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, the Beatles, although I'm not a big fan. One of those things that those bands did that was in KISS was so great was they had several records of several different genres. There's a reason why I've only got two records of ACDC with Bon Scott, or I'm sorry, with uh, Brian Johnson on vocals. Because every Brian Johnson record sounded like a crappy version of the one that preceded it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I'm not wrong. Don't even, I mean, you don't have to consider it, Keithy. I'm not wrong. That is true. Is, is there a question here for Tom is what I'm asking. Like, uh, <laughs> No, I wanted to. It's just Nick goes on a tirade about something and we are all held hostage. Welcome to the I show, everybody. I was complimenting Tom on his amazing ability to move forward, grow and change and create different things. Yeah, I mean, that to me, that's, uh, that's how you don't burn yourself out too, you know, because some people, I mean, like you mentioned ACDC, they clearly enjoy doing what they do. And, you know, and I'm kind of with you, I, I haven't bought any ACDC records in recent years, because I don't, I don't feel like we're getting a different record. You know, there are some good songs, but like, um, and that's not to to slight them at what they do. Like, I you don't you don't have to slight them. I can because they can't <laughs> do anything. It sucks. It sucks that they have made the same record for the past forty two years. 
And I would rather they write different songs and new things and say, oh, I learned a second chord progression. Well, and that's the thing, too. That's kind of why this record is different. I felt like I was stuck in that box when when so we had a completely different record written about three or four years ago. We had a complete record, all the music written. We had 11 tracks and I just felt like it sounded like everything else we had done. And so we toyed around with it, you know, for a couple of years and we on we were touring all the time too which was really preventing us from recording but so we would hole up in a studio on the road and you know try to work through these songs and the more we played them the more i just went this is not what i want to do so um what i did was to get out of my box and stop that from happening what we're talking about um i basically when COVID hit I had some ideas for songs. We had one song fully written. We had a few other skeletal structures done. So I just went to all the drummers I knew and some I didn't and just put on Facebook, hey, send me your drum tracks. Send me whatever you want. It doesn't matter what it is, if it's fast, slow, if it's jazz, blues, metal, whatever, send me your drum tracks and I just want to jam with them. So what I would do is I would plug the stems of what they recorded into uh, my recording software and just play with that and see what I could do. And some of it wasn't working. Some of it was, you know, just not in my wheelhouse, but it forced me because I'm so used to playing with Mitch, you know, we've been together for 13 years. So like we have this cohesive thing that's always kind of our thing. And in order for me to play differently, I needed to explore playing with some other people. So when I got these drum tracks, um, you know, I would hear different things that I maybe wasn't hearing when we were writing together. And it forced me to come out of my, my box a little bit and write differently. So this record really is the reason that it's different is because I forced myself to play with someone other than Mitch in the writing process. And then once I had an idea of where I was going, I brought him back in and said, hey, this is what I want to do. And some of it was a little bit of a challenge for him too, because we were both kind of playing off, you know, off of where we normally are comfortable. But I think sometimes you have to do things that are uncomfortable and not good. <laughs> because if you do, if you do what you're good at all the time, you're not going to grow. You're not going to, you know, you know, if you read the same books all the time, they're probably great books, but you're not going to learn anything new if you're just reading the same books. And it's the same thing for anything. You have to challenge yourself and push yourself into a place where maybe you're not creating the best stuff, but you're growing. And that's kind of what I forced myself to do. Completely understand that. I feel like I should make a Ted Lasso reference now that I have finished Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is one of the two things in this world I can go straight up hipster on that I was a fan of before anybody else. That's that and Foo Fighters. I saw them before anybody heard of them on the Mike Watt tour. Of course, I've hated everything they've done since then, so it's not really helpful. <laughs> but I, I really love that explanation. I, I feel that's actually similar to why I took guitar lessons in about in 2012, 2013. Uh, I got a, Les, a Gibson Les Paul guitar and 
I remember going downstairs in the basement, plugging it into my little tiny nine volt guitar amp and playing that guitar and playing the exact same things I played on my very first guitar, which was a single pickup gremlin. And I just thought to myself, wow, I am so dishonoring this instrument. Because I'm playing the same bullshit I played when I was 19, and everybody starts somewhere though. Like I, know I was 39. <clears throat> that's fine, bro. That's fine. No, I hadn't started. Music, music I is was like at the AA. finish line. We'll take you whenever. We'll take you in any condition. Whenever you want to start, like metal. We'll take you whenever. There's no, there's no wrong way to <clears throat> learn guitar, man. There, there is. There, the the way that I taught myself is the wrong way i'm gonna quote the the amazing philosopher the theologian the master of the 21st century mitch hedberg i taught myself to play guitar but i was a shitty teacher i should not have went to me because i did not know how to play it fair that's fair let's before i go on to my next question i just let's yeah we talked about mitch mitch ostrowski Let's let's give the flowers, man. Not this guy is an, okay. the other Mitch that I care about in this relevant to this interview. <laughs> Nick's in a beer all over Don't himself. Don't make me laugh when I'm <laughs> sipping. Mitch is awesome, man. Like you know, he I know you know to ha- like. If I was going to ask you, Mitch, you've already got a leg up on the world. <laughs> um, my favorite, listen, like I always say, like guitar techs and ba- you know, learn your band set list and stuff. Uh, you know, um, Jawbreaker, who is one of my favorite punk bands, is currently on a occasional never-ending reunion tour the last few years, and their former tech is now in their band as a backup guitar player. Mitch, shout out to Mitch of Jawbreaker. So. You know, learn your stuff. But I was going to say, like, like you and him have kind of like a, I don't know if it's a, do you have like a language you speak to each other because, or you just kind of know each other so well musically, you eventually lock in. How does that work? Because like, you know, duos are not a novelty anymore. There are a lot of band duos and yours is very specific to you guys and your sound. So I'm always fascinated by how that dynamic works. Yeah, it's. I'm fascinated by it too, because on paper it makes no sense. <laughs> um, no, um, I met him uh, years ago when I was in a different band. I was in a three piece at the time, and it was more bluesy. And the bass player was like, you know, I met this kid. He's in my other band. He's he's really good. He's a metal player. And I was like, oh, I don't want anything to do with this guy. If he's a metal drummer playing blues, it's just going to be weird. And uh, so he fought me on it and finally got him into a practice. And, you know, and I don't know how much you've followed the early days, but Mitch used to be wild. I mean, he was, he has a reputation for being, uh, you know, the, the social guy in the band. And, and that's really, you know, that's part of why we work so well together is we are polar opposites. Like, you know, he's 10 years younger than me too. But, um, what are you like? 35, 33, 47. No. Yeah. You have less gray than me. I, I'm angry and I'm 47. It's all in my beard. I don't have any. There's no gray beard. in that beard. You have a beard like Trent Krim from Ted Lasso. I'm sorry. <laughs> I binged Ted Lasso season three this week. All 12 episodes. Show. I know. Great show. And a happy I cried. Show. I cried. 
It's uh, it's one of those shows that you know you happy cry a lot, but it's uh, exactly. It's just it's one of those shows you can watch, no pressure. It's laid back. You don't have to stress about who's gonna get killed on this episode or, you know. I should mention before Ted Lasso season three, I binged all seven seasons of The Sopranos, <laughs> and I did have to stress about. And actually, when I nice. when when this is over, what I'm gonna do is sit down and watch the movie, because I saw I watched The Sopranos, and I told Keefe this before you came on, and apparently this is wrong. I watched The Sopranos because I wanted to watch the movie, because Ray Liotta's in it. I yeah. said it. I, I am who I am. The movie's good, though. I mean, The Many Saints of Newark is the movie we're referencing for those listening at home. I have never heard anybody say anything kind about it, so that's the first one. I, Thank you. I didn't hate it. I think it's a prequel. Great. I thought it was well done. I know. Well, I mean, New prequels, Jersey... by and large, fail are failures. I gonna say not only am I a huge Sopranos head, I know Newark, New Jersey intimately well, as well as the history of Newark, New Jersey and the '60s race riots and things like that. Oh, for, tell me about Boston. <clears throat> Boston. I, not, I said Newark, not Boston. I know. I'm I'm waiting. I'm just waiting for the next uh, one. No, I wasn't going to bring up Boston. I just came back. I'm done with the East Coast for a while. I just came back. You don't have to bring it up. I'll bring it up for you. Um. Anyway. Long-running jokes. You're uh, sorry. You're. Yeah. My mirth is you. on low today because... <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. We excluded you. Uh, we excluded you on this one. This is uh, yeah. Sorry, that's okay. Now um, you him. Yeah, I know. Let's talk about <laughs> the album a little bit. Okay. What is the best um, song on the record, and why oh. is it Magnolia? Oh, that is a great song. <laughs> For the record, my house, the house we moved out of last year, is on Magnolia Avenue. So. That just seeing that title when I went to listen to the record today really stuck out to me. Really, and it is wonderful that it's actually an amazing song. And well, tell you. me you're going to open with it in St. Louis because I'm going to. I've convinced my wife to go to the show. Uh, and if I can this, say this is that this is Magnolia, uh, we will for sure play it, but we are not okay. open with it. All right, like third second song then third song. Um, I what need you to do, keep her attention so we can stay the whole night. What we what we usually do is we put the newer stuff towards the end because it's a little more vocally intensive for me. So oh balls, <laughs> it'll be a short set. I think we're doing a forty five that night. So oh balls, I don't want that either though. <laughs> I feel like the best song on the new record is "Bomb That Saved the Day." Uh, great lyrics, just you know, catchy, right up my alley. I, I think it's that's the most it's certainly one of the more interesting of all of them that definitely stands out. Um and I also love the ZZ top cover, gotta mention it. I, I was actually gonna mention that. I, I joke about Magnolia, <laughs> although I it is a great song. That's not completely a joke. But so when I saw that you did just got paid, my brain does not go to ZZ Top because my brain is broken. My brain goes to Joe Bonamassa. And I thought to myself, why do you hate Joe Bonamassa? Are you trying to fight with him? Because I want to see that. I've met him. He was actually really nice to me. I would he's, pay he someone seems to like punch a him. He seems like a pretty laid-back dude, frankly. He's, he, uh, he's cool, but I don't think he's as great as he thinks he is. 
Yeah, see, and I, I haven't seen him in years, um, but he has definitely been inflated in the press and you know yeah he's playing saint he's playing the fox i think in october and they're like it's the guitar event of the year and i'm like look i love joe bonamassa i've got several of his albums but he's not steve Vai, who was already here this year he's not john five who was already here this year so maybe it's the guitar event of october well i don't know if that works for a commercial you know, and the thing here's the thing. So a lot, a lot of my buddies uh, talk shit about him, and you will never hear me talk shit about him for one simple reason. Uh, I am not the biggest fan of his music, but he was very cool to me when I met him. Uh, I was working at a guitar shop at the time, and he was playing a festival, and. Uh, he came in the guitar shop and like hung out and uh you know we were talking about guitars and stuff and he found out that i played and he was like well um we're playing mill creek and appleton which that's how long ago this was he was playing clubs the size of mill creek and appleton so for people who aren't me what does that mean uh mill creek i believe is a 200 cap room thank you so, thank you for thank you for me yeah so so he was doing you know two and three hundred cap rooms pretty regularly still had a tour bus um but he played this festival up here by me came in the shop hung out and was like come see me at mill creek and he's like you know we'll hang out or whatever well Anytime any famous guy has ever said to me, we'll hang out, I always assume they're just saying that to be nice. Like, I, I don't ever assume. And plus, as someone that's in a band, like, I understand that sometimes you just got to be nice to people so they don't, like, flatten your tires in the parking lot. <laughs> you know, like, you just, you try to be nice to everybody, but... um but yeah, so so he was very nice, and uh, his tour manager at the time was talking to us and stuff, and uh, so you know we were like, well, is there anything we can bring down for Joe when we come? And he's like, ah, he likes Jameson, and uh, you know, good company. So just he likes Jameson. My God, that is the most milk toast whiskey. <laughs> it could be worse. It could no. Be worse. It, it, I mean, no, no. Because he could have said Jägermeister. If it were shitty Malort. whiskey, if it were shitty whiskey, that would be interesting. Everybody oh, in Chicago, I like the to smoothest, blandest Malort. whiskey there is. I mean, you might as well just drink vodka at that point. Sorry. When I used to drink, that's that was my go-to. Is like very high-end whiskey and bourbon was always my thing. But uh, but yeah, so we we got to the show and. Uh, I just assumed that we would probably get forgotten about and that we would have to pay to get in the show and whatever. Um, but I came walking up and he came out of the tour bus and waved to me to come in the tour bus. So, and I had my buddy from the shop with me. So we went, uh, we went and got in the tour bus and he was playing a three quarter size guitar that he had bought somewhere on the road yeah probably that weekend knowing an him. antique 
And he just sat there and talked to us and just shredded on this thing the whole time he was talking. Uh, but so we missed the entire opening band, uh, sat on his tour bus the entire time till he played. Um, and he gave me some of the best advice I've ever gotten to this day. And it's part of what I was just talking about, about not clinging to genres. Because I was talking to him about some of the issues that I had at the time about writing and stuff. And, and I said, well, I wrote this song, but this song didn't really fit the record or the genre. And he's like, you know, don't ever throw a song away. Don't ever assume that something that you created is not good enough to do anything with just because it doesn't suit the moment that you think it needs to. Somewhere there's somebody who that song might speak to. And if it's good, it's good, whether it's, you know, a different genre or not. And uh, so he was like, if you write a heavy record, make a heavy record. He's like, if the people that love you and support you, uh, you know, are really your fans, they're going to dig whatever you put out. They might like one record better than the next. But the reality is that most of these people, unless you fuck up and do something dumb, they're going to be there for you. They're just going to have different records that they're like, well, I don't like this record as much, but they'll be there for the next one. So that was kind of the turning point for me where I decided that I didn't want to be really a genre band anymore. And then shortly after that, I started, you know, gearing up for what would be 20 watt tombstone. That is absolutely amazing. What, uh, Love that story. Thank you very much for that. I, I really appreciate that. What is your favorite song on this record? It changes. Oh, come on. <laughs> it changes so often, man. Uh, I would say right now, if we're going by just the record, not playing them live, because that's two different experiences. Playing, playing them live, I would say Prophet Man is probably my favorite to play. Uh, my favorite to listen to is right now it's probably bomb that saved the day. Uh, but that kind of flip flops for me, you know, sometimes I'll listen to the chosen few and I'll be like, oh, it riff is just, it grabs me. And then I don't know. It's just, for me, it kind of changes, but the one that I enjoy playing the most off of the new record is definitely profit man. That one is. I don't know. There's just something about it. It's fun to play. It's fun to sing. It's got a really cool instrumental part in the end that's, uh, you know, complex and simple at the same time. There's a lot of pieces, but they're not complex pieces, I guess, is the way to put it. Um, but yeah, that would be my favorite to play. And then I would say right now at the moment, probably Bomb That Saved the Day. On this tour coming up, are you going to do something radical like braid your beard? No, I don't braid my beard, nor do I allow people to braid my beard. <laughs> Fair enough. Would you pay someone to braid your beard? No. Because that is not beard, an allowance. That is a request. I have had uh, I have had Willie Nelson braids a couple of times. but Oh, for a second, I thought you were going to say Willie Nelson braided your beard? That would I would let him. And then I was going to get way more interested. I would probably let him. He would be the one exception. A friend of mine told a story about uh, a buddy of his where Willie Nelson is on tour, comes to a studio, 
the bus rolls up to the local studio in St. Louis and a tube comes out of the bus to the door. And that's how Willie gets from the bus to the to the studio. The tube rolls back and the strongest, most pungent weed smell ever comes out. Because apparently that's his whole studio. That's how he's staying alive, man. You know what? What is he like? Him. What is he, 735 at this point? I mean, have you ever seen him with brown hair? Uh, or red hair. Red hair, because he was a redhead. I only found out like three weeks ago. He's actually redheaded. I had no idea. I was going to say, I haven't ever seen him with brown hair. <laughs> I actually have a, a record of his where he has brown hair. And I'm like, and, he, and no beard. And I'm like, I don't know who you are. And I yeah, don't want to know. Go look up that first Willie album where he has like no shade. He's clean shaven. It's pretty yeah. startling. When Is you it first see it, it's like. Stars and something? I think that's the one I have. It's terrifying. Breaks your brain. He, he looks like a little chubby baby, and I don't want it. I mean, everybody has like a chubby baby. Another good one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What's uh? So you know, you and I have talked before. When you, like, uh, obviously, you know, you got a family and and work and other things. But like, in terms of listening to music, what do you listen to? How do you listen to music? How do you consume music as a music maker? It's he wants you to easier. say vinyl because that's what I want him to say. No, that's what I don't, not, don't need the witness. Have you I'm learned nothing li from your lawyer wife, Nicholas? No, I don't. I don't go to her trials. <laughs> lawyer wife. My yeah, my wife is legitimately an attorney. Oh, nice. What kind of lawyer is she? Uh, presently, uh, she is a insurance attorney. So basically, she when somebody says, "Oh, you hurt my toe, I'm going to sue you for eight hundred million dollars," that's when she gets involved. Like, uh, no. Before nice. that, she did murder. Before that, she did child sex crimes. Before that, she, she did, did murder. Violence. By the way, is you got to work on that punctuation there, pal. <laughs> uh, my wife was did murder. The... Before she married me, she did murder. No, we were married. Uh, no, my my wife was part of. Like, have you ever watched Law and Order? And you see like the hot attorneys getting a phone call in the middle of the night and having to go to the crime scene. That's my life. Well, uh -huh. it was my life for a time. Damn. So, yes, my, my wife did do homicide prosecution, and, yes, she had to put on a bulletproof vest and walk out the door. And I didn't sleep those nights for some reason. I don't. I can't figure out why. Damn. But now she is working comfortably in insurance, thank Christ, because I, I, yeah. That's got to be easier. Well, I mean, yes, and we still have friends that are now judges. We have friends that are now... Uh, high levels of homicide prosecution and attorney general and attorneys general and all that bullshit. But uh, not about me, Keefe, this week. I didn't <laughs> next week. Know. Next week, it's about me. All right, then. Uh, so uh, I believe the question is, how do you listen to music? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it would probably be easier to tell you what I don't listen to. Uh, I don't listen to pop country. No, he, he, what he's asking about is... Because we are big vinyl people. Had you joined this podcast before I changed my setup, you would see me sitting in front of my 1,200 records, like literally. So his question is, when it's time for you to sit down, relax, be yourself, and consume an album, describe that experience. Well, I prefer to listen on vinyl. There we go. Perfect. Um, you nailed it. 
I prefer to listen on vinyl, but I don't always get to. Hear Most that. of where I can really listen to an album undisturbed is in the van. That's really where... Yeah, hear that too, unfortunately. That's where I, you know, will really get familiar with a record. Um, yeah, I, I would say, I mean, you know, preferably vinyl. I like the way vinyl sounds. Um, it just, I don't know, it's nostalgic, plus it just sounds better than every form of music there is, in my opinion. Everything you've just said is 100% correct. It is not subjective. It is an objective fact. <laughs> but This uh, is not opinion. What is, yeah, what, is the mean, worst, what is the worst way to listen to music, and why is it a cassette tape? Whoa! Don't lead the witness. Only I get to do that. You and I definitely agree there. I No, we, this came up once before with us. That's why. We, uh, we had some people ask us if we were going to do cassette tapes this time, and I was just like... What is the appeal? I don't understand it. Uh, here, here is the appeal. I will tell you this because I have spoken to 138,000 million people that make music, at least for a vocation, an avocation, a, a semi-paid hobby. And apparently everybody who puts out a cassette tape sells out of the damn things. Now, you don't make like 400 of them. Yeah, they're small. You make like 20. Yeah. But apparently if you make 20 or 30, you will sell the stupid things. And I have no idea why, because cassette tapes yeah. are just awful. Well, what I've seen is like, you know, black metal seems to have a really large community of people who will buy cassette tapes. That's because if I'm being honest, black metal on its face, and I mean this lovingly... <laughs> Sounds like a fart. Well, my biggest problem with a lot of black metal, and I... No one said I was wrong, throwing it out there. I want to love most black metal, but uh, the bands that I really like that are black metal, I really, really like. Um, but I don't get into most of the ones that everybody loves. I just, it just completely stuff that get that. Sounds like it's recorded in a tin can just mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. the, the sake of being recorded in a tin can. I'm all about lo-fi records. I really am. I think. That yeah. There's a difference between lo-fi records yeah. and records that you can't understand because they were recorded on a, not a wax cylinder, but they were like, you know, impressed onto a legitimate can of peas. <laughs> we're just going to go ahead and just yeah. put that on the can of peas. Then we're going to put that onto a tape and then we're going to burn that to a CD and then let's digitize that to a DAT. And now let's put that on a vinyl because you know what? If you just break the chain 18 times, it'll sound stupid. And I yeah. agree with you. Black metal at its purest form is amazing. However, typically at its purest form, it's unlistenable. Yeah. My big thing is every mix, no matter no matter what kind of mix you're going for, if you if you can't hear a kick drum, something is wrong with your mix. If you can't hear a kick drum, you're at a shitty club show in University City in St. Louis. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I am now at the point of the interview where I'm just going to make stupid quips 
we uh, we are about running out of time. We are close to our wrap up. Uh, I have really, really enjoyed this. I know Keithy has because I can see his face. W- apart from uh, what uh, you've got a tour coming up, I believe starts in two days. Sunday. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's four days. Three days. Uh, how many days is that? Friday, Saturday. Well, two or three. I'm days. Jet lagged. I don't know what time is right now. <laughs> Look, I've I've had a long that week. My my man. wife has been in Pittsburgh, and I'm meeting her tonight at like fucking midnight. So, and I'm wearing an orange hat, and I hate this color. <laughs> oh my! Um, the Chosen Few by Twenty Watt Tombstone is coming out <laughs> October twentieth. Let me save this house on fire. Uh, Tom, as usual, you're a delight. We will catch up separately for another Ghost Cult interview uh, between now and the album drop. But uh, thanks for coming on and and sharing this time with us. Uh, You know, we're fans, first and foremost, of yours and Mitch. And uh, we're looking forward to this record dropping and uh, you coming to everybody's town whenever Including mine. Yeah, I'll be there soon. I know, October 2nd, I believe. Yeah. I've already got it in my. I've got I've, like, look. I've literally got it in my phone. I will be there. And unlike at Whiskey War Festival, I will now out myself. Unlike where I missed your show, I'm going to go there specifically to see you. <laughs> awesome. I still regret missing that show. I mean, I've been thinking about that a lot leading up to uh, today. And yeah, this is what it's like when you're when you're anxious about things when. Uh, Ah, we're all anxiety cucumbers full of water and pain. Uh, you know what we should do? We should be a goldfish, like Ted Lasso says. We should be. I have never seen that show and don't know if I will. How, do you don't not, you? how have you not seen it? I just haven't seen it. I just haven't seen it. It's Pick so it on good. me. I don't own a TV, it's, actually. It's, it's watched on your phone. I know. Um, it's beautiful. Why don't you bring us home, Nicholas? Uh, me? All right. Tom... Thank you very much. You are an abject gem. You are a prince among humans. You are a king among lizards. You are a duke among dolphins. Thank you very much for joining us. I I, I don't know. Thanks for having me. I'm alliterating. Alliterating. Doing literary things. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for, you know, following your muse. Because I know as Keefe and I have both... uh blaviated all over everything you've done today we appreciate the music you've done we and it's something we genuinely enjoy and we have talked about it well before today and having you here with us having you put up with our abject silliness is quite an honor and (laughs) being able to take this time to talk to the musicians we love to the people who make the music that makes the soundtrack of our lives is a wonderful and glorious gift. And if you are listening to this, if you are watching this, and if you want more of these glorious gifts, if you want more of seeing us go straight fanboy and dropping, completely dropping our professionalism as though we were dropping trow at spring break at, uh, at Playa del Carmen, uh, please go ahead and subscribe, drop us a review, throw us a comment. Uh, go ahead and hit me up for every terrible thing I have said, because I guarantee I have said it. 
Uh, thank you, Keefe. Thank you, Tom. As always, this is the Glacier Musical Podcast. It does not play in Peoria. And for some reason, 20 Watt Tombstone isn't playing on Peoria this tour either. 